there's this big question out there about how do we sustainably feed billions of mouths? And the population of the earth is still growing. So how do we feed them? Not only that, but a majority of the land that is used for agriculture is already being used either by agriculture itself or there's a big city on top of it. So not only is there a question about how can we do it in a sustainable way, but we also have to do something about receiving the right nutrition as well. Because there's several studies out there that have found that even with CO2 rising and you provide plenty of resources for the plant in terms of nutrients, all of that, the nutritional content of our food decreases. So how do we combat this? I had the chance to speak with Karina, the head of marketing at Orlo Nutrition. And they are currently starting out in the supplement space with three different supplements, including one for DHA, one for omega-3s and one for an immunity boost. But this is just the beginning for them. They have so much more planned than just for supplements. So stay tuned for the entire episode because we talk about not just how sustainable these omega-3s and these supplements are, but how algae is really just the future of nutrition. You're here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. Corinna, do you mind telling us a bit about Orlo Nutrition and what you guys do? Well, sure. I'm Karina Belizzi, and I've been in the space of omega-3s for virtually my entire career since the early 2000s. And I'm just super passionate about their power to help correct all sorts of health problems. I came to work for Orlo Nutrition's parent company, Vexa Technologies, a couple Septembers ago. This project has taken some time to bring to market, but when you're disrupting the way you do things and building a truly regenerative vegan product that can actually hold the claim that it's the world's first carbon negative omega-3 and say so with confidence, it takes some work. And so we now have two products on the market that are in the space of omega-3s, as well as an immune-boosting product. And we're really just starting to work to get that story told as I connect with thought leaders like yourself about how you can do things like build a sustainable brand and really produce something that can be carbon negative and health promoting. Yes, that's great. So Vaxa Technologies, that's the large overarching. And then you guys have Orlo, which is a subsidiary of... Yeah, it's, the brand is owned by Vaxa, but there is actually a Swedish company by the name of Vaxa as well that has supplements. So we wouldn't have been able to come to market with that as the brand name here. Orlo is the brand name. It's an O with two dots over it. That's the umlaut, right? Over both O's is a word we made up to really reference this whole concept of endless abundance, of creating something that can grow and regrow and give back more than it takes from our atmosphere. We are growing our algae in Iceland indoors in a closed system using artificial intelligence and technology to optimize its growth. And we're able to double its mass each two days. We really don't have to worry about things like infiltrating algae strains that we don't want or pests that might consume the algae because believe me, there are a lot of things that like to eat algae too, besides humans. And so we're able to harness all of its power for human and animal nutrition. Our first 
products were in the aquaculture space to feed fish, but now we're expanding now into this human nutrition space. And the sky really is the limit. We know that the algae itself produces 19 of the essential amino acids. So it's comparable in its amino acid profile to that of a cow. And so long-term, you can think like Star Trek or into the stars perspective of being able to make a lot of foods out of this great microalgae that has an exponential growth. So the plant that started all life on our planet could actually be the plant that helps us to preserve it. That's awesome. I love that little phrase at the end. And you're saying you're comparing this to Star Trek. Like where does that come in? How are you going to take this algae and actually see the future of being able to have star travel and all that kind of stuff? Like where oh, well, I think I'm thinking come? more from the perspective of being able to grow it anywhere. Yes. Just mm-hmm. utilizing some of the basic resources that you would need to grow algae anywhere, which is light, key nutrients, Also, because we're growing algae photosynthetically, which means it consumes carbon and releases oxygen, right? Mm -hmm. So if you were to think into the future, and I don't know if you're a fan of sci-fi, but I happen to watch a show called The Expanse, which is Mm -hmm. on Amazon, and they're probably one of the more realistic plays on what it could be like if we're living off of planet Earth at some point in the distant future. And they consume things that are like chow, but which is probably mostly made from things like these sorts of plants that can produce the full spectrum of proteins that we might need, as well as some phytonutrients that are critical to our health and success long term. And so if you know that you can grow something like this in this future forward perspective, where it's isolated from ocean ecosystems, where you're able to harness the full power of this plant and optimize its growing conditions and continually extract it because it doubles its weight each two days, then you ultimately have a solution that could do a lot more for humanity than we can even really conceive today. It's a future of nutrition perspective. Yeah, for sure. So with that doubling of its weight every two days, is that so you guys are able to harvest that excess that comes yeah, every two days it, it means, like you're just able to continually yeah it means that. unlike some other strategies or some other farming technologies where you might have to go longer stretches between harvests that microalgae in particular when you have its growing conditions optimized you continually harvest a little bit at a time so you harvest and preserve get to that stage where you're ready to do something like refine it for its omega-3s or its proteins or its other phytonutrients and create blended products that are for human consumption. We started with omega-3s and also with our spirulina, an immunity boost product that is combined B vitamins, vitamin D in an aqueous solution and can bolster your immune system and ultimately ensure you have optimized your health and the potential for recovery from any sickness that might come your way. So that one is a simple liquid that you spray into your mouth. Really quite simple, right? Yeah. It's blue. It's very blue because spirulina is very blue. And just a couple sprays in the mouth, you get your daily dose of vitamin D, a smattering of B vitamins and the immune boosting power of spirulina as well, which is like our secret little machine in there doing the work. Yeah. No, that's really cool. That's awesome. And so do you have on your website, there's some amazing pictures of your like factory, I guess you would say, of all the algae that you guys are producing in those. Yeah. Technologically, it's called, I think the sci-fi term for it would be what it is. It's a photobioreactor, but we call it our aquaculture plant house. It's really like a vertical farming approach to growing algae that is in an aqueous solution. So it's just algae grown in water in these vertical tubes. 
And it looks very sci-fi because you're, we have this blend of light that's going onto the tubes, these glass tubes with the algae in it. And it's just like continuous flow, like coils. These lights, is a, it's a perfect mix of blue and red because the algae thrives when it's exposed to these lights, right? So it's like this almost fuchsia color of light. And it looks really beautiful. It ultimately, because algae doesn't actually need UV light, we don't have to expose it to UV light. UV, in fact, will burn algae. And one of the ways in which algae grown in ponds, one of the ways in which they manage that is by keeping it constantly flowing. And so that the algae that's on the top then goes to the bottom and keeps coming in these kind of flowing cycles. Because if it stagnates, it can, it can be cooked essentially by the sun, by the UV radiation. And we are able to grow in these beautiful conditions using only LED lights. So they're very low power and they are, we're only using green energy because we consume the power from thermonuclear vents and basically the earth's power is what's powering our plant and feed it carbon and get oxygen as a byproduct which is really incredible. It's one of the beauties of growing algae in this photosynthetic way, which isn't the only way to grow algae. Some manufacturers grow algae using the fermentation process by feeding it sugars without exposure to any light. But then that's a carbon positive effect because you're feeding it, but you're not getting the benefit of the oxygen. We just do things a little differently. Yeah, that's awesome. And you said you guys are located in Iceland. Was that a a strategic choice by Vaxa that you guys were like, okay, we're going to choose this spot in Iceland so that we can use the power of geothermal and all of that and the vents and everything there. What was the strategy behind that? Ultimately, I would have to leave that question for our CTO and co-founder, the CEO. But really, when you look at Iceland, they're putting a lot of investment, the country itself, in sustainable technologies. So I'm fairly certain that had something to do with it. The fact that there are so many really skilled researchers there, and ultimately the resources that are needed to grow the algae were present in that kind of beautiful synergy of access to clean water, meltwater runoff, access to green energy and CO2 that we would need to feed the algae without having to transport it any stretch of length of time or space all right there. And so that we could optimize in all fronts. But you have to consider also that we're a multinational company. The founder and the CEO are in Israel. We're growing the algae in Iceland and we're marketing it first in the United States and Iceland. And we will go where the thought leaders are that can help us build this and ultimately produce the best product we can for the best price point and ultimately land it in the hands of consumers to positively affect their health. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. So you're starting in the U.S. to market the omega-3 supplements, and then you have the vitamin D supplement as well. You have a third supplement, right? Yeah. So there's omega-3 prenatal DHA, which is intended for women during pregnancy, but could frankly be consumed by anyone. Some of that is, is marketing, but women really need DHA in a prenatal way. And then also the immunity boost. So three products to start. We do also have t-shirts for sale on our site. I wanted to really showcase for people the fact that we can use algae inks to brand. So this is actually printed with waste stream algae inks. It's post-consumer recycled paper, 100%, and then bears the branding, the world's most sustainable omega-3. A refillable bottle ships with it and then two refill pouches when people first buy it. And then after that, you would just get the pouches and refill the bottle, right? 
This is made from Miron Violet Glass and it's printed directly on the bottle. So there's no plastics here at all. And because it's so durable and also black, virtually black, no visible light comes through. So it really sustains and retains the quality of the Omega-3s for a long time. So it's completely shelf stable, but people have the product that they will need. And this ships to your door in just a few days from here. And we centrally located our fulfillment partners so that we could reach basically coast to coast within three to four business days. That ultimately means that we really don't want to ship anything but ground. And this is an education point for any consumer. When you order things two-day or air, it dramatically increases the carbon impact of that particular order. And so we ship everything ground, or we try to. We do have a selection if you want to expedite your shipment, but we advise you not to. And ultimately, it will land in your hands in a few days. We offset every purchase with carbon credits. And that's visible right when you exit your cart. And I'll show you that your purchase has been offset so that ultimately the impact of shipping it to you will also not incur a great damage to the environment. That's awesome. That's really cool. And I was for... going to get to the t-shirt. Oh, so the reason I mentioned the whole ink thing, oh. <laughs> I just got into the box feel. <laughs> we actually are able to print cool. t-shirts with mm -hmm. the algae ink as well. And they're beautiful. We just used our icon for this kind of perspective of endless abundance. I should have worn it today. I didn't, but they're on the site as well. They're made with organic mm -hmm. cotton. They're cut, stitched, and printed in California. It's all fair labor, so really mindfully produced. And you could go create a t-shirt for less than $5. That is not this t-shirt. This is a high quality made in the USA printed with algae ink t-shirt, but they make a great addition to your wardrobe in my humble opinion and showcase that simple message of Orlo because we feel nutrition shouldn't be an either or. That's really cool. And so for any ecopreneurs who may be in the audience who are listening, who think that, oh, with my packaging, I wish I could use algae ink. Like where did you guys find algae ink? How did you get in, introduced to them and find out more about them? Yeah. So this gives me an opportunity to tell you about someone I met in the world of algae that I just adore. His name is Scott Fulbright, and he's the CEO and founder of Living Inc. He's the genius behind this. Him and his college best friend decided to create an ink from algae. And so they work with a few print houses around the United States that are very adept at using their ink in particular, because it is a little bit different than a petrochemical based ink. But what I would encourage people to do is just look at what Living Ink Technologies is doing. You can actually find out about Scott by going to Nutrition Without Compromise. That's a podcast that I launched to help educate people about what we're doing with Orlo Nutrition, just omega-3s, health in general. I'll feature all sorts of guests. Some of them are holistic nutritionists, some are medical doctors, and we really dig into the science of what is real in the world of health and nutrition, and ultimately how you can leave less of a footprint while still having the absolute best health and thriving. So there are a couple of companies I can just mention Beyond Living Inc. We work with Eco Enclosed to build this. They are a company that specializes in packaging and creating sustainable packaging, but they also even printed my brochures. So they can do brochures, but the only ink available from algae at this particular time is a black ink. So you just have to take that into consideration for your brand build. That was the inspiration behind for us going to just black and white, right? So all of our branding is really black and white because I figured I can print black ink. 
I can educate people on the fact that you don't have to use petrochemicals for inks. And hopefully we can push for more beautiful colors down the road because algae strains are available in yellows and orange and red and purple and blue. And so there are potential opportunities for colorants to come from algae strains, which could mean one day even printing a brochure like this with algae ink. I would love to see that day. So I'm pushing for it. And and I just, I think that would be amazing. In a couple of weeks time, I'm actually going to be interviewing the CEO of Eco Enclose because I think it's important to talk about what we're doing in the world of packaging and even just giving something a cradle to cradle perspective. Because in the case of what we're doing with the algae ink, that is a great example of cradle to cradle. You take something that was waste stream from nutrition field, because anytime you extract an algae, there's going to be some leftover. So that then gets turned into a new thing, an ink, and it still has the carbon within it. That's what makes it that beautiful dark black. And then that is non-toxic. So if it ends up in runoff, if it ends up in your laundry because it was used to print the iconography or whatever you wanted on your t-shirt, then that's not a negative impact on the environment. It's not going to do anything bad. And even the box itself, when you use a post-consumer recycled paper, it may be a little bit less rigid, but if you're making a box that's smaller and that has a lot of bends to it, those tend to be fairly stable. So this can ship safely a glass bottle without me worrying about it breaking. It's just nicely designed. And so you have to take a few things into consideration like that. My cradle to cradle with craft cardboard, especially one that's only printed with algae ink, is I use this as weed barrier in my gardening. I will cut it to space and then go ahead and put it on. It does the job of basically ensuring that my soil remains more moist, especially in these summer months. Put bark on top of it. You never see the cardboard slowly degrades and I can safely put it next to my strawberries and herbs and not worry about getting pollutants in my diet from that. That's really cool. That just goes everywhere. You can use it in just so many different ways. This is really awesome. That's really cool. And so where do you see the future of Orlo going with the supplements? Are you guys going to continue with more supplements? Are you looking at other avenues as well? Well, I did mention briefly that the algae itself has a lot of protein in it. Mm -hmm. We would be foolish to think that we don't do something in that arena. These things take time because we're working with microalgae strains. And every time you're working with a microalgae, something that wasn't traditionally used as foods, you basically have to go through the rigors of FDA laws and go through a new dietary ingredient processes and then jump through some hoops and do some testing and end up with a product in the end. But we'll get there. And we're already in that realm when it comes to spirulina. We have the potential to do some very interesting things with spirulina that are coming down the pike, but not ready to be talked about at this particular time. So this is the beginning. It's stage one but we really are taking the whole concept of regenerative nutrition forward with everything that we're doing, really working to build circular economies, ones that are mindful of planetary resources and they give back ultimately as much as they take, if not more. Yeah, that's awesome. So my family really big on taking fish oils and getting the omega-3s from the fish oil supplements. So a big thing that we always worried about when we were kids is we'd always eat them or take them before we ate a lunch or breakfast or something like that because of the fish burps afterwards. So with your omega-3 supplements, since they're algae-based, you don't have to worry about that at all, right? There's two reasons. And so it's, I'll get into the science a little bit because I think it's informative and it's interesting, right? So a fish oil is typically in the natural triglyceride form. 
It's the form in which the fat exists in nature in the fish. Companies go through the process of concentrating it and purifying it because our fish are in our waters. Our waters are polluted. They need to make sure that they don't have high levels of PCBs, dioxin, furans, etc. All that nasty stuff that you don't want with your omegas. So most manufacturers do go through the process of molecular distillation. And that takes that natural triglyceride fat, which is like got a glycerol backbone and then three triglycerides. You cleave it off and you've got the three floating around on their own. And you concentrate for EPA, for DHA or for whatever by molecular weight. And you leave behind toxins, which is a good thing right? Through this process, you're exposing the oil to heat. Heat can degrade the oil. And if you leave it in this free fatty acid ethyl ester form, it's not exactly how your body is used to seeing it because it's not in its triglycerides. It's also less stable. And so while it may be easy to make high concentrates that way, most companies won't actually go through the effort of putting that glycerol backbone back. Some do. My prior employer, Nordic Naturals, that's what we did. We re-esterified the fatty acids. So we put the glycerol backbone back using enzymes. Even so, all that explanation, that fatty acid is in the liquid state. And what do they say? Oil and water don't mix. So if you put oil in a glass of water, it will rise to the top and just float there. That's what happens with fish oil. And you, if you consume it and you're not consuming it with food that also has fat in it and some other things, it's going to just sit there on the top and you'll get this kind of gastric effect. Now, whether or not it's fishy, you might burp. Okay. A fishy fish oil, that's rancid. You shouldn't be consuming. That's bad for you. You're just creating problems. Okay. But if you have a little bit of reflux or burping and it's not fishy, that means it's probably fresh, but your system's having a little trouble digesting it. Okay. Now what we're doing at Orlo is different because we're taking the fatty acids from this particular algae at some teeny little cells, right? They're like single-celled organisms. And we don't have to break down like cellulose or other things to get at it, which is really just a cell wall. We're able to preserve the omegas in their phospholipid state, their glycolipid state. These are polar lipids. And that's how the fat exists in the algae. And the reason that this is important is because it's like they're both water and fat soluble. And this means that if you were to go ahead and take the oil out of the soft gel and stir it in a glass of water, it may beat up a little bit, but it's mostly going to go in. You'll see the water will turn this green shade, like this dark green, because of the fact that it's an algae product that's grown photosynthetically and it has that in there. And so this fat in this form, in this polar lipid form, is going to be much more absorbable. It's going to be absorbable two to three times that of what you typically see from a fish oil or from an algae oil. And this means you don't necessarily have to take it on with food. You could take it any time of day and still get the benefits. And you're also not necessarily going to get the burp back. I don't. In fact, it's been a couple hours since I had breakfast and I'll just confidently take my omegas with a cup of coffee and not worry about it. I would not have done that with fish oil because it was always a sure recipe to make me have burps if I mm -hmm. took a hot liquid with my capsules. So that's reality. Does that help explain things? <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That's awesome. Thank you. And Enough of the nerding out though, right? No, I love it. And I, think, I honestly think most of my audience is probably a good amount of scientists anyways. So they're probably like loving all the science. I know I do. I come from a science background of biology degree and master's in biology. So especially when I was listening to your, the nutrition podcast, it was all about all this science going on. And I was just like loving it, taking it, well, <laughs> taking me back context. to those days. We need context, but then we also 
needed to be real. Oh, yeah, I mm -hmm. can picture like what happens with an oil on water and I can see how that would be different. It's in the form that your tissues need it. So yep. basically that means that's why it's absorbed more quickly. That's why you don't necessarily have to worry about consuming it with a meal, mm -hmm. take it any time of day. In yeah. fact, many people will choose to take double the dose each day just because they want to have more effect. I would always recommend if you're doing that to spread it out. morning, night, something like that, because yeah. really in that case, you're going to have the best optimization of absorption, the most consistent levels of omegas in your body. Yeah. So. There are the evangelists out there like myself that will do that. I just tend to take it when I'm talking about it because then I'll remember. And there, we go. there you go. It's perfect. Great. And what is, what's your passion behind omega-3s? Like, why are you very into omega-3s? What do you study? Why do you been in this space? Okay. I've been a pretty active person my whole life. I started off in my teens in competition mountain biking. So I'd be doing co-ed races with a bunch of guys because I was really a tomboy. And I wanted to stand out. I wanted to succeed. I didn't ride with a bunch of women. I rode with a bunch of guys. And so they were always starting races before me and ribbing me a little bit about, oh yeah, they're going to have such a better time than me or whatever. So I was always looking to optimize how well I performed. One of the things I had discovered was fish oil. I'd read the research. It had said, take four to six grams a day for that. Like level of impact. And I'm not saying four to six grams of EPA and DHA. I'm saying like a teaspoon of cod liver equivalent, right? Or four one gram capsules of a standard fish oil, not a high concentrate. Anywho, that's what I was doing. And at that time, there wasn't the Nordic naturals of the world. It, I just went to GNC and I bought the big bottle and I just took four to six of those a day, two at a time, two to three times a day. By the time I would get home from a hard day of training, my jersey would literally stink of fish. It would... It was my body rejecting the rancid oil. I was literally sweating it out of my skin. And so I'd peel that jersey off and throw it in the hamper and be like, okay, this is not pleasant. I'm not definitely not bringing that guy I'm dating over until I do my laundry. So this is just a reality. I saw exposure to a lot of these not so fresh fish oils a long time ago. But when I started actually consuming a high quality fish oil and I began working for Nordic Naturals, I saw health benefits that you can't just explain away. It's not just psychosomatic. My vision improved. And I'm not talking like just a little. I'm talking to the point I've always had terrible vision my whole life. I had to get glasses first in the third grade. But to be frank, I remember being a toddler and having people point at the moon and, or point at stars. And they'd be pointing out details about the moon or what color a star was. And I couldn't see the detail. I certainly couldn't tell if that was a pink or a blue orb or what. So I just never had good vision. And so in my 20s, starting around 25, I started consuming a high quality fish oil. And I began to get migraines and headaches, eye strain headaches around six months later. And ultimately went to get my eyes checked. And it was because my vision had improved. And that continued over the course of the next three years. I staved off. I decided to get LASIK eye surgery to correct my vision because I'm such an outdoor enthusiast. Like I I scuba dive, I raced cars, I jump out of airplanes. I want to go out and have fun and be able to see the world without worrying about contacts or glasses. And so I ended up finally getting the surgery when I was 20 to correct my vision. But my vision by that point had improved six steps. And it had steadily improved like by 0.25 each time. It was really nearsighted to the point where it leveled off. And because it leveled off, that's when I felt comfortable getting the eye surgery. But it meant that the correction that I was able to get was 
likely much better because you weren't starting from a worse baseline. Definitely. That's just something scientifically that happened to me. I will say I've seen incredible benefits just from standard markers, like in your blood, I can go and take a blood spot test by Omega Quant and see what my Omega-3 index is. And I'm trending more what you would see with someone typically in the Japanese environment. But because I'm not consuming a bunch of fish, my heavy metals aren't a problem. I'm consuming it from algae now. And I've been a convert to the world of algae since about 2017, 2016. And haven't I haven't looked back since. Yeah, that's really awesome. Where do you see the future of algae go? I think there's some really incredible things that can be done with algae. We're already seeing replacement for plastics. I recall going to a supply side at a trade show a few years ago and somebody was 3D printing a Yoda algae. So there's actually algae plastics that you can use to do 3D printing with. Okay. Now, a lot of these are just not yet at the point where they're commercialized to scale enough, but you're seeing things like Bloom out there is actually going out and harvesting algae from out of control algae blooms to make foams that are then used in sneakers. So literally making shoes from out of control algae. Now, long-term, it would be better if we just aren't having the out of control algae blooms at all, if we've really addressed that, but we can still grow algae and use algae in these sorts of ways. So I think that the sky really is the limit. We already know we can make fibers from them. We already know that we can make shoes from them. We already know that we can even create PLA replacements. This company, NotPLA, NotPLA.com, they have created this way to encapsulate, let's say a packet of ketchup, right? Let's say you want to have a single dose of ketchup, but instead of getting plastic and foil, not recyclable ketchup packet, you could do it in this not PLA or not PLA. And that's edible. It's an edible membrane because it's just made from seaweed. So there are things that we can do that we're just yet to conceive. And I really do think the sky is the limit. We're finding as Alexia Akbe from Symbrosia has proven that you can feed cows seaweed and have their methane production come down. The cows are healthier. Dannon just invested several million dollars in that company for that reason, because they're pretty dependent on cows, right? Like they're in the world of yogurt. And so it makes sense strategically that they would be connected. And so I think we'll see more innovations coming out in that space as well. We can use algae for nutrition, but we can really use it for so much more. Yeah, definitely. That's really cool. And just to to wrap things up here today, what are you currently learning right now? Gosh, what am I learning? I'm learning that I think that the biggest thing I'm learning right now is that creativity is really what will solve our global issues. And so it is something that I'm leaning into is like really understanding how you can use your creative thinking power to solve problems using existing technologies or even just one-upping something that you've seen before. This is how every major leap has been made for centuries at this point. But I'm really seeing that by leaning into this curiosity, by asking questions, and by thinking deeply about how we can access that part of ourselves, that we will solve big challenges and we'll do so a lot more quickly than we think. It's really easy to get discouraged by the reality of our climate crisis today. And 
So when you hear things like, oh, in 30 years, we have to do X, Y, or Z, or we're basically screwed. This is the sort of energy that is coming out there. And a lot of people are starting to feel climate anxious. I really do think that these are solvable problems. And while they're big, the collective power of all of us working towards something with curiosity and creativity as our main focus, we can move mountains and we can change things. And it can start in your home with the practices that you have there. You can do things like reuse your cardboard as opposed to recycling it. You can do things like look to an algae over a fish oil. You can shift your buying patterns. You can change how you drive. You can change what you do for physical activity. You can get outdoors and enjoy the bounty of nature that's around you. And you can encourage people around you to do the same. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. That's what I'm no, doing every I, day. Yeah, no, I completely agree. That was one of the things that happened to me a couple months ago is I realized you focus on all these different things that are going on, like all the bad things in that the news comes out with and all this other stuff, or you can really start to create things and be creative and harness that creativity in terms of business, in terms of all sorts of other things in life and really being able to understand how you can apply different things, new ideas and bring them all together in new ways. It was really like a big changing point for me, just realizing that we are all so creative and if we can really just tap back into that, we can make such a huge impact on the world. And I, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, and sure. it's not just our own lives. I just mentioned Alexia Akbe and what she's doing with Sambrosia. We can feed cows seaweed and that can change things. That's awesome. We also know there was a farmer in Australia, New Zealand, I can't remember which, definitely down under, right? Who started feeding his cattle biochar because he was like, I wonder, this is something I give the cattle when they might be having a little colicky style issue or something going on digestively with them. But I wonder what happens with their methane production, feeding them biochar reduced their emissions by 90%. Wow. Think That's about crazy. what you're doing a little differently. Biochar is carbon negative, right? Well, it's carbon neutral, but you're locking in the carbon because biochar is created in the absence of oxygen. So carbon doesn't get released. It doesn't have any negative off-gassing. Then you give that carbon to a cow in their food. And what changes? It actually reduces their methane. What is a gas we can't draw down? methane. And so that's great. Then they put the carbon back in the soil. Their feces is going to be more carbon rich, which then feeds the build of the soil. So then the soil is preserved and it's hard. It's got that packed carbon in there. So the grass is going to grow better so that it's going to hold water better and with sustained droughts better. There's all of these things that cyclically can come together. If we're thinking with solutions in mind and also thinking about the after effect and what the cycles are, because if we can get the cycles right, then there's no limit to what we can do. And we can solve the problems that we see around us in the climate world in one generation. Like Paul Hawkins says, regeneration, ending the climate crisis in one generation. That's his book. I recommend this to everybody. I've got my copy right here. Yeah. Great read, super informative. You can pick what mm -hmm. you want to be passionate about and learn more. And you can read about Definitely. that biochar story in here too, because I was just like, oh my God, this guy's a genius. And when you had him on his podcast, on your podcast, I mean, that was amazing too. I listened to that episode of him just spouting it all off. And he was, oh my gosh, he's so intelligent, just has such a great grasp on reality and practical things that you can do. To Spent a lifetime to reading on it, doing yeah. the research and being an, a journalist, essentially. He's mm -hmm. got his sixth bestseller now. I understand he's working on another book. So I hope to bring him on 
this fall again so that he can come on my newer show, Nutrition Without Compromise, and we can really dig into how we're going to feed humanity in this next 20 years. Yeah, especially with the populations continuing to grow. Yeah, let's for the last bit here, if anybody would like to reach out to you, learn more about you, how can they get in touch? I'm on all social media, really, but the best places to reach out to me are via the Orlo Nutrition website, which is orlonutrition.com. The podcast Nutrition Without Compromise is there as well. You can send me an email directly to hello at orlonutrition.com. Those end up in my inbox eventually too. And if you're interested in really the world of climate science, you mentioned the regeneration series I have of my first podcast. That podcast has been around for about a year and a half and I do interview Paul Hawken and then I ventured down an 11 podcast series where I went through the book chapter by chapter and in 20 to 30 minutes each Friday for 11 weeks, dug into it, offered my perspective, gave some reflection, and made it as digestible as possible for everybody because I realized not all of us are going to pick up a tome and read it cover to cover the way I did. So you can find that just by going to my personal website, which is caremorebebetter.com. And that's the podcast. You can type in the word regeneration and you'll get the whole series there. So you can listen on whatever platform you like. My first interview with Paul was in September of 2021. And I'm sure I'll have another one or two coming up. So stay tuned for that. Definitely. And I'm excited to listen to that series as well. I listened to the interview and then going to dive into the series. It was an hour and a half. (laughs) It was a great interview. Presently in the process of breaking down the YouTube interview into two pieces because it was just, I think, too long to perform well there. And Mm -hmm. the audio quality, this is something that happens to podcasters, but what happened in, in this case on my interview with Paul, I was recording Resident on my PodTrack P4 here for my backup, but I was also recording on Zoom for the video. And for some reason, Zoom defaulted to my camera microphone instead of my actual oh, microphone. No. So my video quality was terrible mm-hmm. for the audio on my video was terrible. Paul's was fine. And so the fact that as many people went and watched that as did, I'm like, you sat through my terrible audio. Thank you so much. (laughs) So I paid an audio engineer to remaster it by actually bringing in the audio from my Zoom before my actual device as opposed to the app. And so I'll be re-releasing that this summer and may even offer snips of it up on the Nutrition Without Compromise page too, because it's definitely relevant. We got into nutrition a lot because we're both passionate about feeding humanity And Paul and I both originated in the natural products and natural foods industry. That's awesome. A lot in common. What a great guy. Yeah, definitely. And last question here. What is one tip that you would give anyone who's looking to grow their green business? Don't be afraid to go greener. And that's just the one thing. I think often we have this perspective that, oh, will people really be willing to pay for that? Oh, what's going to cost me this much more this time around? Yeah, it might cost you a little bit more, but the reality is you will be paid in dividends for making that effort. You just have to get really smart about communicating what it is that you're doing. And so if you have the message like wrapped with a bow, the way I have worked to create this with Orlo, where it's like the algae ink, the expense of that is more, but it makes sense with the whole. And then it helps me tell the story of the whole. And I can say, but look what we're doing differently. And this is an example of a regenerative business. And shouldn't this be the aim that we're all taking? It's my belief that this is the future of business. And so if we all get really good at this, then the guys that aren't doing it right 
they're just going to lose out long term. And what we have so often seen, I'm going to take one step over here because this is something I'm super passionate about. Somebody like Nike, they'll come out with a shirt that's printed with algae ink or a running shoe that is made from algae. But it's one thing. And then they sit there and pat themselves on the back for it. I'm not saying that's bad. And I want to celebrate it. I really. But what I would love to see is for someone like Nike to say, you know what? We're doing a full circle pivot. We're walking away from our practices of the past. And we're just not going to use these materials anymore. We're only going to print with algae ink. And we're only going to make shoes with foam that comes from these renewable resources as opposed to these extractive ones. And if we were to make a leap like that, really make a leap, wouldn't that be something? Instead, what we'll see are these smaller brands coming out to really disrupt it and to say, it's worth it and here's why. And they might charge $10 more for their product or 20 or even maybe it's 10 or 20%. A running shoe, a really nice quality running shoe is about 160 bucks these days. And that's what I pay for mine. Granted, mm -hmm, I'm going to the algae world. Nike still sells their high-end running shoes are $160, $200 a pair too. So why would I spend that on that as opposed to something that is more renewable when they both of them basically last six months? Yeah. It's a question. I don't understand. So... Let's shift the dynamics. Let's change things. Let's not be afraid to take the leap because more people care than you think. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karina, for being on the show today. I was super excited to have you on. And it's been really great learning all about Orlo and talking all about nutrition and omega-3s and the future of algae. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm happy to come on anytime. Thank you so much for having me, Billy. This has been my pleasure. Definitely. And if you enjoyed learning all about the world's most sustainable omega-3s and the future of algae to tackle some of the world's biggest nutritional issues, then I invite you to check out Karina's podcast, Nutrition Without Compromise. Karina is an amazing host and does an incredible job on sharing the story of how we don't have to compromise between our health and the health of our planet through some truly spellbinding interviews with some of the top minds in the industry. So make sure you check out Karina's Nutrition Without Compromise podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.